0: Hello, and welcome to the Soundweavers podcast. Soundweavers explores the trials and tribulations of small ensemble musicianship through conversations with leading performers and composers. Today's episode features the Soundweavers team. We hope you enjoy.
1: Lovely and wonderful gentlefolk, welcome back to the Sound Weavers podcast. So what we are doing in this cast chat is having a brief check-in with what is going on with the world of DEIA. Now a reminder that DEIA stands for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Access. In 2020, especially following the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, this is something that a lot of institutions started actually reflecting on the diversity within some of our groupings and organizations. Now that we are in early 2022, we thought that it would be important to go back to some of these ideas that came up in 2020 and see how to keep the ball rolling with this
2: We're going to divide this session into three sections first is about you know preparation and background and uh, honestly just self reflection in preparation for some of these discussions that you might be having for your organizations. The second section is internal discussions that you might be having with your organizations and some things to consider some things to uh, research some examples. And then the third is the external connections. So how are you then distributing this information or connecting with your audience, your stakeholders, et cetera, around this topic as well. So these are just some tips and tricks that we have learned along the way on our journey. First part background, resources, self-reflection, basically the prep work before you walk into your first discussion where action items are happening. So first, I just want to acknowledge something. When discussing topics of DEIA, although right now there has been a trend more focused around racism because of Black Lives Matter being very forefront in the media, it does cover a wide breadth of identities, and I want to specify all of those because even if we don't discuss them today, this is inclusive of this topic. And those include race, ethnicity, age, gender, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, disability, economic status, and other diverse backgrounds. The next three steps I'm going to offer within my own section is based on my own personal journey over this past two years and the variety of different organizations and trainings and identities myself that I have explored. So this is kind of my own reflections on what I've learned. I can't stress this enough, before you go and have an organizational discussion, before you start doing strategic planning, before any actions in your organization happen, there's three things I would encourage you to do. One, build a mindset, two, listen, and three, learn. Build a mindset. It's important to understand the following. You need to come to the table ready, flexible, being ready to explore, to step forward, to step back, and of course, to grow. Without building that mindset and coming willing with this flexibility, it's going to be a challenging, more even more challenging uh, conversation and exploration. And I will admit, these conversations are not easy. It will hurt and it can be emotional. You will learn and discover a lot that you never thought or even heard about. There will also be camaraderie and communities that you build um, outside of your organization first, but then within them as well. And this is a never-ending learning process and a growth process. Two of the tools that will help you with building a mindset that I find really fascinating are um, the group ground rules. Usually when you're in a training session, a webinar, a book discussion, the first thing a group will do will set some ground rules or guidelines to help navigate a discussion. There's research that the Frederick Douglass Family Initiatives here in Rochester offers, which there's a sample list of ground rules to get you uh, curious. Some of them are being respectful, understanding when to step forward and when to step back, only using I statements to only represent yourself and not others look at some of these ground rules. This is really fascinating. You'll start seeing them more and more as you get uh, training. But this is also a good way to think about and a tool to use later for your own organizational conversations. There's also some self guided activities that you can do um, for internal reflections. And one of them is actually a book called me and white supremacy by Leila Saad. And this one I did uh, about six months ago. And essentially, it's a day Uh, by day for one full month mini story followed by writing prompts to question your own backgrounds your own experiences to reflect etc this can be challenging these can be you know painful these can be learning experiences but sometimes having those self-reflection moments in actual space is great for building that mindset next is to listen you have your own lived experiences and now it's time to hear others backgrounds and stories there's passive ways of doing this, such as books, webinars, and podcasts, where you just listen and you're participating in a, you know, at your own space, choice, et cetera, Examples of these would be, for instance, we had mentioned in our season one the disruption action change conference that happened uh, for three weeks. There was different presentations, a webinar version. Um, this was hosted virtually with Eastman School of Music and um, Michigan, and there's lots of recordings that you can go and you can go listen to these individuals' experiences and presentations. For those of you who prefer to read, the book How to Be an Anti-Racist is all a huge, massive, and incredibly well-written story um, of. Ibrahim Candide, his, his uh, background, and also historical references. So again, those are passive ways. But I also encourage you to listen when you're in a space where you can be active, right? So if you are in a book dis- discussion, a training session, a conference that you're attending where they open up conversation, be sure to listen because you'll be surprised about what you discover. I will also do a little bit of a warning here even though listening is important in very specific environments be very careful do not ask somebody with a specific identity to explain something to you that is not their job nor the responsibility and even though you might come from a place of good intent can come across as inappropriate judgmental or even naive prime example is if someone says you know uh that was a microaggression towards me by the way If you go, oh, I'm so sorry, what did I do? Yeah, not a great response. Apologizing and saying, I will fix this. I appreciate, thank you for talking to me. It is not their job to explain. And if you don't even know what you've done, that also comes across as not being very aware of what you're saying. So if you want to self-reflect and maybe bring that instance to a book discussion or a space that is specifically built for these places, Absolutely. But don't just go to a colleague or a friend and say, oh, you're a blank identity and I don't understand this. Please explain it um, because then you can actually burn bridges that way.
0: I just want to add to that. uh, If you're asking someone to explain something to you half the time, they are not necessarily going to understand your specific context to understand how to convey to you why something needs to be a certain way or something needs to be delivered a certain way or spoken about a certain way. And so asking someone to explain that to you is um, is unfairly putting them in a position that they may not be equipped to be able to help you with anyway. Um, exactly.
2: Now we're at third, learn. Of course, you've been learning this entire time, but <laughs> now that you've had the mindset, now that you've doing some listenings, you know, continuing on with that learning process, um, there's a lot of content out there and we're only going to reference a few things. So go out and find whatever is appropriate for you and your learning style, whatever areas you're interested in and et cetera. Um, There's a few things I want to emphasize about learning. First, the terms. There's a lot of isms, feminism, ableism, racism, anti-racism, and they all mean very different and very specific things, despite. Bite stereotypes right so there's connotations that get across, um, and you want to make sure that you know all of these terms like critical race theory, which has now become politicized, and there are people who get incredibly emotional on both sides because of it, but you need to understand and get to the bottom of these terms. Some of them will be explained within these uh, training sessions, and some will not. So you might need to do a little research before or after a conversation understand the focus or topic of the training sessions or webinars that you're going to like i said dei a is a huge vast topic and you might go into a session explain expecting one thing and you come out with a different thing that doesn't necessarily mean they didn't accomplish what they were supposed to do it just means that maybe they're putting a magnifying glass to one particular issue prime example I attended a gentrification conference in Rochester to discuss the history of gentrification and redlining in our particular area. They specifically focused on black lives, because that's our history. We could have then expanded on what's happening currently, which is also we have a large immigration population, but that's not what the focus of that particular conversation was about. So it's okay that they only you know, narrowed it in into that one area, and maybe left space for a different conversation to dig into how it continues to today in a slightly different aspect. And the last thing is you need to understand your context, too. Right? Where are you coming from? Do you want to talk to a community of artists, because you find that there's space for this in art? Do you want to do more things broad for your local community where you physically live? Do you wanna do more of like how uh, you're gonna receive training from a business end to help you navigate these internal conversations you're gonna host? Um, So these also will change what resources you tackle, what resources you use, who, who are the presenters you pursue, et cetera. And you can do it from many, many multiple angles and I encourage you to do so. But if you all do it from one side, let's say you just do arts, you're actually, Uh, leaving out a whole bunch of really relevant and potentially very important information from other areas. So I'd encourage you to use your multiple contexts and lenses and come from a variety of different angles.
0: I would like to take this conversation in the direction of um, bringing information in from outside your ensemble organization into your organization. And what I mean by that is that are thinking specifically beyond self-education efforts and also trying to learn and develop ways to be able to interact with one another. So one of the things that I wanted to just kind of step back and think about is the fact that there are four components of language that kind of are the essence of, of memory and learning and education, listen, speak, read, and write. I think that it's really important for us to, to remember that we need to be in these types of conversations and in these types of experiences, maximizing our listening and our reading efforts, um, and then trying to translate this into writing. And I think something that we tend to overlook is the, really, is the importance of sitting down and having to chart out your thoughts. And then you finalize this process by speaking. I think sometimes when we have conversations, we get so ready to contribute our thoughts that we don't necessarily make sure that we have a wealth of of experience and background to put into this. So on that note, the thing that I think is really important is for us to identify who are the constituents and who are the stakeholders that we need to be incorporating into our discussions on these things, right? And I think on one level, that includes our listeners, that includes our Audience members. That includes our
2: board members.
0: Uh, board members. That includes all of these different individuals that go into the actual um, lifeblood of an organization. But also, we need to be considering who are our mentors and guides uh, and colleagues who are very well versed in specific issues. People that we need to identify um, to learn from and to listen to and to read. Right. So one of the things that I've been really struck by, uh, I've been attending the Chamber of Music America conference. The thing that's really compelling at, about this conference is that it is not explicitly a DEIA conference, but there are many DEIA sessions that are available to be attended. Um, you know, for example, putting anti-racist knowledge into action or remixing and reimagining music education through an equity lens. Um, These sorts of sessions are sessions that are available to all of us at our various different professional organizations. And I think it's really important for us to be thinking beyond, as, as Blair was mentioning with the gentrification conference, beyond where we might expect to find these types of opportunities. So, you know, one of the other components that I wanted to look at, at least when it comes to taking in information is that um, it is very important to have a strategy for collecting and analyzing data. Uh, And I'm a data guy, as Blair and Rosie know quite well. Um, And I love spreadsheets and I love uh, collecting documentation and and doing all of those sorts of things. But um, one of the things that I've been really finding in my own life that has been helpful is to really make sure that I am not only organizing this information, but taking it and actually using it. I think it's really easy for us to collect things. You know, how many of us have collected our programs since we were 12 years old. But the thing that's really amazing is that at least for me, I'm like, I'm so glad that I've been collecting this data because, you know, it's provided me the opportunity to sit down and say, okay, well, I'm going to look at all of the programs of the performances that I have done since I have begun working at Gettysburg College and I'm going to look at the composers of all of those programs and I'm going to collect all of those and put them on a spreadsheet and I'm going to analyze okay well how many of these composers are white identifying how many of these composers are black identifying how many of these composers are um, female identifying right and I'm going to take that information and I'm going to use it to really reflect on myself and how my programming decisions have uh, influenced Uh, or sorry, have um, upheld a system of white supremacy and how can I make different choices to bring and to break that down? So I think it's really important to reflect for ourselves as we're coming up with these strategies of where we want to take these things. What is the documentation that we have? What is the documentation that we need to collect? And then what are the analytical tools that we have to be able to actually look at these things? Uh, and it's really important for us to do, at least from my perspective, um, as, a, uh, as a performer and as an educator, I would encourage all of our listeners to really think about um, how they can come up with a collection and an analysis strategy that will help them to get closer to their goals.
2: I would like to add in here at this moment that it's okay to get help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this might not be something that you do internally, whether it's the budgets or whether it's you guiding your own internal conversations, right? You can get external resources so those guidance and mentors that you found earlier in your self-education. Would any of them be appropriate to bring in to help you facilitate is there someone that you know that could do an assessment of your materials and be pretty you know, objective and give you the hard facts? And because they know what to look for and how to look for it, they can manage at a, a better and faster pace or they understand spreadsheets like Adam does. Um, so I encourage you to also realize you do not always have to do this on your own. There are individuals out there that you can connect with that can help you in navigating this.
0: And I think it's also important to note in that. Um, Make sure that if you are bringing people in, that you are finding a way to compensate them, whether that is financially or otherwise. And on that note, there's one other thing that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned. Um, It's really important to examine budgets. And I think that it's really easy for us to think like, oh, well, of course, let's see where the money is going, right? Which is important. Uh, And we should be doing that. But I also wanted to, to put a plug out there for the idea of developing a time effort and opportunity budget. This is something that I've been playing around with in my own life and experience right now. And just sitting down and thinking about, well, how can I quantify the opportunities that I might feel are important to pursue even if they don't necessarily help me to pay my student loan obligation? As we are working on developing these ideas, how can we more equitably distribute um, our resources beyond just the financial resources? And I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to Rosie, who I believe is going to be speaking to us a little bit about how you communicate this outward.
1: So, once you have done all of this work within your within yourself, within your organizations, how do you then disseminate this to your public? Now, I wanted to start off with an interesting quote from a colleague of mine, and when we were planning our music for the year, he turned around and said, I think we should program an entire season of female composers and not say anything about it. The purpose for this, and I do agree with him, is We tokenize people so much still with a lot of these programming decisions. So how are we going to get there? How are we going to go from this tokenism to fully accepting and just not not really making a big deal about where music has come from? Well, one of the most important things to do is to not make your audience feel stupid this has a tendency to alienate audiences uh, so we need to make sure that certain donors and audiences are kind of given a way of um coming around to listening to different musics that perhaps they haven't listened to before they will end up enjoying it more often than not but we do need to make sure that it is not put out as uh, as i said as tokenism going oh well we have to have this person on a program one thing that you do have to be um Uh, be aware of is transparency. This is something that we talk about in our next cycle. Uh, Five by Five decided to make a pie chart each year and see what the uh, denominations are within the United States. And that is how they choose who they commission and who they program for a year. And they're very transparent about that. And they've said it's not a perfect way of doing it, but it is a way of making sure that everyone is represented in an equitable way, that we are seeing in our society another thing is to get feedback from audiences it's important to know that there is a dialogue and there is a discussion of why are we doing this and why is it important
2: so for instance i have a great colleague who's a musician that started going deaf at a certain point and has a cochlear implant she's still active but one of the things that she struggles with is people speaking on the front of a stage without a microphone but she's still coming to concerts. She can still feel, she can still hear, but that softness, that distance and not being to articulate. So she's just requested that whenever there's a presentation or a speaker, that they be miked, right? And it seems like a simple thing, but with Chamber, we just usually go up and just talk, you know, even in a church situation. And right, that there is something you can learn from them. It's a slight flexible change. And now you're being more inclusive in that mindset. So little things like that can really, you know, have an impact on your audience.
1: So with your audience, we also want to show the benefits within the organization of being more diverse, and that is going to just become more and more apparent the more years that we go through this. And this again lends into our transparency issue. Give updates. So if you have your social media or a newsletter, write up what is happening so that your audience can follow along and see how these changes are making a good impact on your company and on your ensemble. And further to that, collaborate. Rather than just being an organization on your own, you can collaborate with all sorts of different places, both locally or nationally or even internationally. For example, I know that the Rochester Philharmonic often uh, collaborates with rock music, which is a brilliant El Sistema-style program, and we play alongside those kids once or twice a year in our um, around-the-town concerts which is a wonderful experience for the musicians and the orchestra, but it's also a wonderful experience for those kids to get to play with the professional symphony orchestra. And so there's just a lot of different ways of making sure that the audience doesn't think, oh, this is a flash in the bucket and we're going to go back to just playing Beethoven. I'm sorry, Beethoven, I pick on you every time we do this. (laughs) But we need to make sure that this isn't something that is going away and it is a way that we are, Making sure classical music evolves because art does evolve, and we need to make sure that it's not stagnating because of something foolish, such as not being diverse. And now we have come pretty much to the end of this discussion. So thank you all so much for joining us today. I didn't do a proper introduction at the beginning, but once again, I am your harping host, Dr. Rosanna Moore, and I am joined by our co-hosts, Dr. Blakerna and Dr. Adam Paul Caudle. If you would like to learn any more about DEIA, there will be some uh, resources down in our show notes and we look forward to seeing you in a future episode.